Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW market update. My name is Anson Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ansel Linder, and this is Bitcoin and Markets. So we've had a little sell-off this morning. Going down, let's see, Bitstamp 17.629 at the low. So far, we've, we're having some good bounces, lots of wicks to the downside, but it seems like there is a little bit of sell pressure here. We'll see where the bid support is and things. Um, we came to the end of this triangle and every triangle had been breaking up okay so as we consolidated for two days um, each triangle in that consolidation each bull flag uh, was breaking up this seems this one seems to be breaking down is this the bubble popping i don't think so i've been tweeting about this been talking about this as much as i can that um, if you hear bubble bubble everywhere it's probably not the end of the bubble this bubble the bitcoin is different everyone will say oh look the grandmas are buying in the grandmas the the shoeshine boys that's the where it originated they say if you if you if your shoeshine boy is talking about buying stocks or a certain investment that it is in a bubble because it's, you've run out of buyers okay but i don't not in this case because the last people to buy are going to be those economists like Krugman and Stiglitz and all of these major people out there that have been fudding Bitcoin for years. We, we, there is no lack of Bitcoin FUD. So, you know, the, the, the skeptics, once you run out of skeptics, you run out of buyers. So I don't think this bubble is popping. Um, Bitcoin goes through these things all the time, 10% down, 20% down, even 30% down. And then the next week it's back up. If you want to be a master holder, there's two steps. There's two levels, okay? There's a basic holder where the price drops 40% and you hold through it and it comes back up. The next master level of holding is when the price pumps by like 500% and you hold and you don't take profit. You hold, hold, hold because eventually it's going um, 100,000, 500,000, a million. And there's been lots of these million calls out there. So that does give me some pause that we're not going straight to a million, obviously. I think we could go straight to 50,000, you know, come the beginning of the year uh, through March. I think we're going to have huge amounts of buying happening. So, and, and people know that the beginning of the year is going to be when a lot of this institutional money gets in. So they're going to be pricing that in prior to the beginning of the year. Um. There could be some profit taking for tax reasons. You know, I don't know all the ins and outs and why that would be beneficial, but I can see that there would be some of that type of bookkeeping profit taking happening. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we could see a 25% drop, but then uh, January 5th, it's going to be right back at all time highs again. So this is not the bubble popping. I'm pretty darn confident in that. Let's get on to some other things. So Bitstamp's price, it was at 18,500, uh, sorry, 18,100 when I wrote this. Now we're at 17,870. Three-month futures, uh, this is Bitcoin settled futures on OKEX, 19,700. So still about, that's a $2,000 premium. Uh, you know, that's a little bit high. It could come down. When that starts getting down to, uh, into the triple digits, like 500, um, you know, that's going to be 
maybe the time that that's the bottom call. Maybe even if when it gets when it gets even. To me, that this this premium, the futures premium, is pretty big. If you look at the CME right now, we have three month contracts. You know, the March contracts are um, what do I have here? Is eighteen thousand four hundred. So there is no real premium here for these the the cash settled futures, which is a good sign. And I, I'm going to be watching how these the the Bitcoin deliverable futures versus the cash uh, settled how. Those are different. Right now, we see that the Bitcoin deliverable ones are $1,500 above. There's a $1,500 premium for the Bitcoin settle futures. Anyway, so if the price is $18,100, we have a one finny of $1.81. Remember, that's one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin. And when you talk to people about Bitcoin, instead of saying, you know, you can buy a finny. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a finny and... That's a dollar's worth, right? Or you could put buy a hundred finnies, and uh, right now hundred finnies would be almost two hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. That is much more approachable to people. All right, so I have a bunch of links in the show notes uh, for the CME group where to find their prices and things. A um, bunch of new links in the show notes. So go check the show notes out because um, there's lots of information there. Okay, market cap size. This morning was over three hundred billion, three hundred and four billion. If you looked at right at the nineteen thousand. Uh, close to the $2,000 mark, we we're probably at $320 billion market cap. The global Bitcoin market cap, that includes all altcoins, is $607 billion. Just eyeballing this right here, uh, it, it's about 50%. Bitcoin's quote-unquote dominance is about 50%. But we have seen a gigantic run in the altcoins. Gigantic. I mean, we're talking 50 to 100% runs. Look at Litecoin. That's happened in Litecoin. Uh, Dash has pumped like 100%. Um, but a bunch of these altcoins have pumped. And remember my theory that Bitcoin is this umbrella for all of these things to exist. Bitcoin faces attacks in the mainstream media. Bitcoin faces attacks like uh, the social engineering attacks, political attacks. Everything happens to Bitcoin. If that were to happen to Dash, could it survive? Hell no. You know, Ethereum is in this bubble of this unicorn bubble where they, oh, everyone's so sweet and nice. And look at all these banks want to work with Ethereum. And this is so great. That's, that's just la la land. Okay. <laughs> Ethereum is not exposed to the attacks that Bitcoin is. I mean, it is a, uh, it is exposed to these uh, technical hacks. Okay. But it's not exposed to the wide open world of changing a paradigm. Bitcoin is the disruption. Bitcoin takes on all of these attacks, calls of bubbles, and uh, this and that. Okay, it's Bitcoin. It's not Ethereum that's taking this on. It's taking the world on. Plus, all these other coins, there's no reason for them to exist other than there's free money out there to pump your price. There is no transactional demand for these cryptos. I just, I don't buy it. There's there's definitely no payment demand other than darknet markets. And we see that dominated by Bitcoin and Monero, okay? Which is going to remain that way. Not, they're not It's not dominated by Zcash. A lot of people might ask about Zcash. My opinion on that is it's like 1% of transactions on Zcash, which isn't very, very many in the first place. 1% use the anonymity features. Monero is by default built in. That is the one that is anonymous. But... Hey guys, I got a story here in a few minutes, Zero Link, that you'll want to check out, bringing anonymity to Bitcoin. 
So there's all these new things coming out with Bitcoin Lightning Network, Layer 2, um, the Zero Link, all sorts of things piling up on Bitcoin. That's why the price is, is high. How about a maximum price? So this is if you take the global Bitcoin market cap divided by the outstanding Bitcoins, $36,000, $36,325. So that is my stretch goal for the Bitcoin price. I'm thinking we get there by March. We'll have to see how this shakes out. I mean, we are at a very round number. We were at a round number around 10,000 and it took us a while uh, to go through that, come back down, go through that again, you know, break 12,000. So, uh, I think it's going to be similar here with 20,000. These round numbers are going to, well, I don't know if 30,000 is going to do the same thing, but 20,000, you know, is, is a psychological level for sure, but for sure. Okay. On chain transaction value, 12,361. That is low. I'm, I would like the average transaction size to be a Bitcoin. And then you put the fee, the fees in context. Right. Even a fee in context of the average transaction being twelve thousand dollars on Bitcoin, um, you know, fees are very, very low. Um, but I like to see this around a Bitcoin. It has been lagging on this run up. So we'll see where this kind of levels out. BTC dollar value transacted on chain is uh, over the last 24 hours is four point eight billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. OK, let's talk about difficulty. Yesterday, the difficulty adjusted another 17% increase. So the last two, we saw 18% increase with a corresponding Bcash pump and Bcash uh, FUD and, you know, uh, PR push uh, and Bcash pumped. Now, this time, this is very predictable. We saw a 17% increase in the Bitcoin hash rate and we saw a corresponding Bcash pump. Of course, the hash rate on Bcash is very, very low. And we saw a doubling, over a doubling of the hash rate on Bcash during this pump. They went up to 15 blocks an hour. Now, I am, my theory on this, this Bcash, the way this new difficulty adjustment thing on Bcash would work, is it would tend to have a lower than, like they're targeting six blocks per hour. That's what Bitcoin targets, right? Every 10 minutes. Um, and my theory was that it would be less than that. Because... Difficulty would adjust higher faster and lower slower because there's just fewer blocks because it adjusts every block. And if the blocks are coming slower, it's going to adjust down slower. I hope that makes sense. And that's the case. It was running an average of like 5.5 blocks an hour. So that prediction of mine at least worked out. There's also a disincentive for pumps because that difficulty will ramp up very quickly relative to the decline so the incentive structure is messed up see with bitcoin it there's a reason why it's every two weeks and that is to smooth out these price pumps and diff the effect on difficulty when you have a difficulty that adjusts and retargets too quickly you have massive swings massive profitability swings in your coin and it's actually reliant on these ideological miners because when bcash is uh when people are mining Bcash at a relative cost, right? They they have an opportunity cost of like twenty percent most day, most times uh, mining Bcash versus Bitcoin. Plus, they're holding those coins; they're not selling the mined Bcash. I, I have not heard of these miners selling it yet. They're hoarding everything they mine. They're holding hoarding it. <laughs> so they're taking. It's got to be up to one hundred fifty thousand. Uh, 
Bcash at this point that they could dump on the market at any time and, and exit. But it's it's mainly ideological mining, and that's roughly five percent. It's five percent of mining. That's what it's gone down. It got down to four or three percent over the last couple of weeks. It's reliant on ideological mining, which is a bad thing. And if it's very low on difficulty relative to the other shot, 256 coins, it can be attacked. It's very insecure. Even at 10% difficulty, that chain is very insecure. There could be people attacking it at any time. So if you are wanting to use Bcash for your merchant payments, dude, there could be an attack happening. It's not going to settle. The risk is out there. Because it is so low in difficulty, low in mining, low in relative value. It got all the way down to like 0.8%. It got down to 8% of the Bitcoin price. Uh, it's it's very risky to use Bcash in my opinion. Okay. So we're estimating another seven, uh, sorry, another 11% increase in about 10 days for Bitcoin. That's for the, the difficulty adjustment. Okay. Mempool for Bitcoin sitting at 29 megabytes. Um, that's a little bit high. But we do see huge amounts of low value, fee value transactions. I talked about this on the last show. That if you go to a couple weeks ago, we saw this huge block of one Satoshi per byte transactions that came on. And the network's chewing through those. But it's, uh, you know, you can tell that that's spam. I mean, they've been sitting there for two weeks in the mempool. The number I quote here doesn't take those into account. But... If you go to the Joe uh, Ho's website that I linked to in the show notes, you can see that. All right, and there's also a theory out there. I link in the show notes to his his tweet about this. Um, there was a six Satoshis per byte theory that the spam was coming up set us at six Satoshis per byte, the fee, and the miners like that were in on it, maybe Bitmain and some of these other pools, they were mining these six Satoshis per byte transactions because, you know, it wouldn't be as obvious at six per in if you did it at like one or two or even five that's kind of grouped together that would be very very obvious if they were doing that so they put it at six so it's less obvious and if you put your transaction through at six satoshis per byte they will mine it because that's where all their secret spam is it's a very interesting theory i i, I think you guys should check it out okay there's also another um guy that contacted me a listener and he asked me to do a statistic of development activity. Okay, that would be on GitHub. So I'm going to do that. <clears throat> I'm going to add that in here as another pseudo-fundamental. Um, over the last seven days on the Bitcoin repository, we've seen 20 merged pull requests. 20. And 22 proposed. Okay, and 13 closed issues, or sorry, 22 closed issues and 13 new issues. There's lots and lots of activity. Every day there's, you know, several merges. And uh, to me, I mean, this, this, I can kind of understand what's going on here because I have a little bit of experience with GitHub. But a lot of people, a lot of my listeners here won't know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to compare this to Bcash. So Bcash touts themselves as being very decentralized development. Look, we have five teams out there that are working on Bcash. Well, let's check them out, shall we? I went to the bcash.org website, looked at their different teams, and well, let me let me compare this quick uh, to to Ethereum before I do Bcash. So Ethereum, and they have lots of repos on their GitHub, but I'm looking at the Go Ethereum client, which the uh, Geth, which is kind of like their 
their headline or their their reference client, they've had 13 merged pull requests over the same period of time. Let me refresh this and make sure that's correct. <laughs> Uh, so Bitcoin has 20 merged pull requests and Ethereum has 16. So we can see that there's more activity there on Bitcoin than there is on Ethereum. Now, also, I mean, if you put in all of the different uh, Ethereum projects out there, there would be a lot more than 20. But this is just on the core uh, reference client. So Bitcoin is still above Ethereum. Okay, now let's take a look at... <laughs> Uh, Bcash. That's what I thought. Okay, so they have five quote-unquote development teams. BitPrism is one of them. Parity Bitcoin is one of them. Bitcoin Unlimited, Bitcoin XT, and lastly, the Bitcoin ABC. And Bitcoin ABC is kind of the one that they forked off with, okay? So let's look at uh, Bitcoin ABC. Zero merged pull requests. Okay. Zero. Now let's take a look at Bitcoin XT. Uh, zero merged pull requests. <laughs> Parity. Zero merged pull requests. Uh, BitPrism. Zero merged pull requests. Uh, okay. How about Bitcoin Unlimited? Okay. Here we have some. They, they have nine. The, the most recent merge was uh, to activate the new difficulty adjustment algorithm. So they, they're catching up. A lot of these merges are behind where Bcash, the reference client, ABC, is. So I don't even know if I would count this as part of their development. So basically, they have zero merges. There's no development happening on Bcash. It's all happening on Bitcoin. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's enough of that. I, I link to that in the show notes. You guys can go see that stuff. Um, this was a suggestion by listener 196 node project on Twitter at 196 node project. Uh, I think it's a good idea because it'll help most people think about how silly it is to trust some of these projects like uh, 2x. You know, a lot of us were saying a lot of us in the no 2x camp, we were saying, look, all the developments happening on Bitcoin, they wanted to fork off with no development. Right. Let's let's compare some things. Let's get an idea of just how much how far ahead Bitcoin is in development. Hundreds and hundreds of contributors. Each release of Bitcoin has probably over 100 contributors. Where then you look at uh, the Bcash difficulty adjustment algorithm that they just put through for their hard fork. One. One. Dedelnix was the only that he proposed. He selected his own proposal. He tested it in private with uh, fake Satoshi, and then they activated it. Also, Blockstream, everyone talks about Blockstream Core, and I've started seeing this less. They're starting to say uh, Segwit Coin, okay? <laughs> but Blockstream is only responsible for 8%. The developers that work for Blockstream, they're only responsible for about 8% of the last months or two months or whatever uh, commits. 8%. And I link to uh, Jonas Schnelli's tweet about this. Okay, let's get on to some more, some more fundamentals here. The OTC volume. Local Bitcoins hit another new high. They, they broke a weekly volume on local Bitcoins of $100 million worth of Bitcoin. So they had 100 
$1.7 million worth of Bitcoin transacted on local Bitcoins or through local Bitcoins. Paxful recovering a little bit. They had a, they had a slide from 10 down to eight. Now they're back up to $8.3 million on Paxful, which is good. <clears throat> Ledger X had an okay week, $6 million on Ledger X, and I can see them passing Paxful pretty quickly. Those are the over-the-counter swaps, fully collateralized swaps and options, but I don't count options in there. I'm just doing the swaps. Okay. And also I wanted to add in here, BISC. BISC is pretty cool. I have, I have a friend that goes to my meetup and he has been getting in quote unquote involved with BISC. He's been watching it and he's probably going to start uh, doing some trades on there. A lot of people are looking at BISC because it is a decentralized uh, order book. So it's pretty cool. They, they hit $226,000 in volume and I can see this jumping like leapfrogging up to two, three, four million dollars in volume. And I think they do altcoins as well. I don't have the altcoin reports here, but I mean, if you add all the altcoins in, it could be a million dollars in volume every week on BISC already. But check out the the peer-to-peer exchanges. Uh, Vortex just had a show with um, the guys from altcoin.io that's coming on. There's also, I know like Komodo platform, Komodo platform, something like that. And they are doing where you can list your coins uh, in a decentralized atomic swap way, just like the altcoin.io. So th- there's lots of things coming out that are going to be decentralized. And that's very, very cool. Of course, using SegWit. SegWit and Bitcoin give you this opportunity to do this. It's Bcash does not have anything like this. Their, they, their network, they've handicapped their network effect where Bitcoin has plussed it up. Okay, that's just so bullish for Bitcoin. That is my fundamentals for today. I, my general price prediction here. Let me bring up my chart. So we have seen a pretty decent bounce here. Let's see how this pans out. I hope we've hit a bottom. On the one hour chart, we have hit the um, 200 um, moving average for the one hour. That's good. So the for the four hour, that would be hitting the 50 moving average. Uh, we have hit a, a decent diagonal on my pitchfork, so that is support. Um, yeah, I, I I think we we stick around this price for a while. I thought we were going to break up this morning instead of down because we came to the end of that triangle, um, but I was wrong on that. Uh, we can see, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. There's lots of support under here, lots of volume support um, under this price, so I don't know if we're going to be able to uh, go down much further. Of course, I don't think this is a bubble. By the end of the year, uh, we might just grind up higher into the end of the year. And then January 1st, my prediction is we just take off. As soon as this wall of institutional money gets in on the 1st, uh, we are going to, we're just going to take off. Also, the four hour stoke is very low and I can see this turning around quickly. We could surge uh, we can search back to all-time highs pretty quickly if you look at the four-hour stoke. Okay, that's all I have for price. Let's talk a little bit more about stories and about the general uh, climate in Bitcoin. I talked to a old friend from my old military days, and he has been getting 
very psyched about Bitcoin. I got him to buy in a couple several years ago. And so he's very happy. And uh, now he's getting involved with more mining and, and all sorts of things. Uh, but he was bearish on the price over the next over the short term. And I am bullish on the price short term. Um, a lot of people say bubble, bubble, bubble. But you know how it's not? You know how I know it's not in a bubble? Because everyone's saying it is. It's going to keep going. And they're going to, when they, when all the people saying bubble today are saying, I bought Bitcoin, that's when you get out. It doesn't, <laughs> it's not like the old days when it's your grandma, the shoeshine boys, and uh, the taxi driver when they are, they're talking about Bitcoin, because they are all talking about Bitcoin right now. When you know it's a bubble is when the, the legacy system people have all bought in. Because that is like, think about this. Some of these big investment banks and big uh, pension funds and, and uh, endowments out there, they have like a minimum investable amount of maybe $100 million, $100 million. And you're going to compare that to like retail buyers that are buying $100 on Coinbase? You, you, no, these, that's when you run out of the money, when these big guys that, have, that aren't in yet when they are in, that's when the bubble is, is at the top. So like when Krugman and Stiglitz and these, these uh, Nobel Prize winning economists, when they start saying that they bought Bitcoin, that's when you know it's at the top. Not when you're a taxi driver because Bitcoin is a people's money. They are the ones that are supposed to be buying it. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not worried about a bubble. Pyramid schemes versus Ponzi schemes and uh, all what a lot of people are saying, people get wrecked. There's a lot of people that want to protect people coming into Bitcoin. And I, I'm one of them. Obviously, I would like to protect people's money and help them make good decisions. Um, this is not investment advice, but, you know, I I have some, uh, what what's the word here? Like uh, social responsibility. I feel a social responsibility here a little bit, but people will get wrecked. And this is such an explosive new sector here that uh, there's going to be lots of Ponzi schemes and lots of ill-informed investors that get wrecked like buying bcash at 2000 <laughs> you're going to get wrecked so but that's natural to me that says that there's lots of value coming in here and you know like look at what happened with the silk road right everyone was using bitcoin on silk road the price was pumping it gets seized all those bitcoins get seized what do people do they got scammed right they didn't, they didn't fall victim to a Ponzi scheme, but they still got scammed and lost all of their Bitcoins. What'd they do? Well, the price crashed, but then they went out and bought again. They went out and bought again. So all of these degenerate gamblers that are coming in here, when they get wrecked, what are they going to do? They're just going to turn around and their next paycheck, they're going to put in another $1,000. Once you discover Bitcoin, you're going to, you're, you're here to stay. <laughs> 90% of people that come in and they get wrecked, they're going to be back and they're going to learn. The best teacher is pain. And so when they invest in some of these altcoins, when some of these ICOs and, and things like that, and they get wrecked, next time they'll come in, they'll buy Bitcoin instead. But they will be back. They are not gone. I kind of think of this as like redistribution. So if I'm stealing a bunch of, uh, Bitcoin, say I hack a Bitcoin exchange, well, I'm going to sit on that Bitcoin. Most most exchanges will stop you from even selling. So those are those are coins that are held. Like is Bitfinex 
lost how many Bitcoins, 160 or something thousand, and they're being held because they can't be unloaded. Maybe slowly but surely through local Bitcoins, but for the majority, that is money that's taken off of available, sellable Bitcoin. And these scammers that scam people out of ICOs, what are they going to invest in and diversify in? They're a little bit smarter, so they're going to go into Bitcoin. There's a feedback loop into Bitcoin, feedback loop into Bitcoin. Everywhere, every turn you make, every argument you make is a feedback loop back into Bitcoin, the reserve crypto. But these people are here to stay and they're learning, they're going to learn hard lessons. And that is very important. And it's very good because these people won't listen. Like you can tell them, don't buy Bcash. It's going to crash. And then it crashes and they wouldn't listen. Until it crashes, then they got, then they see Bitcoin didn't crash, or Bitcoin recovered, or whatever, and they get it back into Bitcoin instead. So these are hard lessons; they're valuable lessons, and they will be taught. Uh, people will learn. Some people will never learn, but most people will learn from pain. Okay, uh, next story I have. This is also kind of a political-sided story: is Coinbase, BitPay, and Blockchain.info. Why are people so up in arms about them? Well, we need to keep applying pressure for them to implement SegWit. The minute we got SegWit, the minute that all this 2X died, I said, now let's keep the pressure on because they're hatching the next political, social engineering attack on Bitcoin. They're hatching that right now. I mean, even look at Coinbase, all this Coinbase stuff that they're doing, they're implementing Bcash before SegWit. And that was not in their agreement that they signed and they backed out of. All of these companies signed this agreement and backed out of it like chumps. I mean, I'm glad that they backed out of it, but that just shows that they can't stick up to their word. <laughs> right? And now they don't even implement SegWit. They cannot be trusted. None of these people can be trusted. None of these businesses. So we, if we keep the pressure on the SegWit, it'll suck a little of their energy away from hatching their next plan. That's my, that's my understanding of this. And I think it's good. But these guys are politically attacking Bitcoin. By supporting Bcash, by supporting Ethereum. I mean, Brian Armstrong is a full-on um, Ethereum pumper. Um, refuses to say Bitcoin on TV when he goes on TV, but he'll say Ethereum. Uh, when he wants to talk about Bitcoin, he says crypto. It, if people are scared to say Bitcoin, that tells you they're a scammer. 100%. If they cannot even say freaking the word Bitcoin on their CNBC appearance, they are scammers. They're trying to sell you an altcoin. The only time he uses the word Bitcoin is when he's talking about the negatives of it. But look at the price. And they can't say a single good thing about it. That's how you know they cannot be trusted. And this one more Peter, Peter Smith of uh, BCI. Just back in January, he has a tweet out there saying they're ready for SegWit. In January. And now all of a sudden, they're not ready? And they're not implementing SegWit? What is this? It's a conspiracy against Bitcoin. It is a political conspiracy. I mean, if they can go into the Marriott and sign New York agreement to destroy Bitcoin with a no develop with a one developer team, if we would have gone down the 2x route like these pe people wanted, Bitcoin would have died that day. Thank God users out there stood up to them. And now, if they can go in the back room and make those deals, goddamn well better believe they can go in the back room and say, we're delaying SegWit. 
Let's pump this Bcash thing. Let's try to hurt Bitcoin. They hurt us. They made us look fools. We're going to hurt Bitcoin back. That's what they're doing. This fight is not over yet. And thank you to the Lightning developers. Thank you to Nopara and Samurai Wallet that are pushing Bitcoin forward. That's keeping Bitcoin development on the cutting edge. And of course, the core developers doing their job day in and day out. Most of the time getting shit on by everybody else. Like all these altcoins and stuff. I just read, read the stats out to you. Bitcoin is the most active development. Even more active than millions of JavaScript developers that are coming in to develop for Ethereum. Okay? JavaScript developers. And that's most of the stuff I've done in the past for like websites and things. That's JavaScript. I'm not a protocol developer. I'm not a cryptographer. The smartest dudes are on Bitcoin. The, the challenge is Bitcoin. And now layer two as well, like Lightning Network and all these things. That's where the challenge is for the top of the top of the developers. Okay. But we need to keep pressure on these companies. Bitcoin. Okay, so Zero Link is my next story. This is really, really cool, guys. So Nopara, let me bring up the story. Um, Nopara was working on Hidden Wallet and stuff like that. Uh, then he started getting involved with TumbleBit. He's a very good developer out there in Bitcoin, longtime developer. And uh, then he started working with CoinJoin and, and all these things. And Zero Link came out of this. It's a, it's a layer two mixing service that could be deployed very, very soon. I mean, TumbleBit is supposedly active right now that you could use it on mainnet. They have used it on mainnet. Um, hit, this zero link is going to be a, a bigger implementation of that using uh, their own client and also working with Samurai Wallet um, for the future. Now, on December 20th, so that's tomorrow my time, in about 24 hours, they're going to be doing a huge coin join on testnet and they're going to be trying this out one of my buddies is already involved with this uh, they have over 21 which was the minimum that they needed but they would like to have up to 100 so if you guys are good with testnet stuff you want to uh, participate and push bitcoin forward this is a great opportunity i link to that post in the show notes and you guys can get involved let's get this thing up to 100 uh, participants zero link no para link to it in the show notes all right, last thing I have is Craigslist. Um, I, I link to this. I don't think it's a huge, huge uh, adoption story in Bitcoin. You know, um, now with Craigslist, you can put in your ad that you accept cryptocurrency. I guess it'll be like kind of like a default option, whether you want to put that on your ad. Um, it doesn't facilitate, like the, right now they don't facilitate cash trades or anything through their website. They're not going to do that with Bitcoin, but this is another exposure to Bitcoin. So these people are selling on Craigslist or buying on Craigslist. They're going to start seeing um, this Bitcoin and cryptocurrency right front and center on these ads. And slowly but surely, it's going to work into their consciousness. Like maybe they maybe they heard about it last year. Oh, but nobody's using it. Okay. But now they see it on some of their Craigslist ads that they want to buy from. And they're, oh, now I'm interested. I'm going to look into buying some. So this is just another exposure marketing thing for Bitcoin all right that's all i have for today guys thank you for joining me my name is ansel linder this is bitcoin and markets if you like to support the show go to patreon.com forward slash bitcoin and markets i've had a lot of new uh, patrons on there the last couple weeks thank you guys so much i appreciate my patrons uh you guys are so great 
Uh, I've, I've talked to several of you through Patreon now, and I'm, I'm looking at doing some Patreon Q&A stuff. Um, so get involved with that community, and let's do some cool things there. Cool. Patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin Markets. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening.